Welcome back to another episode of My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock, and we're all familiar with the big names in horror. Freddy, Jason, the Denver International Airport. But who we're not familiar with are the ones just outside the terror, the ones who didn't get to tell their tales. Growing up in Allen Park, there was this cop who used to hang around our high school, and his name was Covert, and he would wait until you left the school to go get lunch, which you could do when you were a junior or a senior, but he'd wait, and he'd snipe people and give them speeding tickets, and he reveled in it. He was just such a, just a, uh, just a jerk, just a jerk ass. You know what he should have been doing instead of giving kids speeding tickets who were just trying to go get an A&W footlong Coney dog. He should have been out there trying to find kids who've been kidnapped by somebody like the grabber. But maybe it's better he was giving speeding tickets because who knows, he probably would have bumble butted his way around the whole case and blew the whole thing. And, you know, who knows where we'd be right now? We'd all be kidnapped. Well, this week's guest was sort of on the other end of that. I met him at a Godfather's Pizza just outside of Denver. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock, coming to you this week from one of my favorite spots just outside of Denver at what could be one of my new favorite spots. I'm at a Godfather's Pizza, and I'm joined this week by Larry Carroll. Larry, thanks for having me. Hey, pleasure to be here. Uh, first off, I've never been to a Godfather's Pizza. I love pizza, so I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. Um, were you hoping to eat something? or? I mean, I would love to at some point. I've, I've never had it. I, I can only assume it's it's pretty good. Oh, well, no, I am I mean, I don't need it. Larry, I think everybody looks at the pizza life as like a fast paced, you know, rock and roll type lifestyle. What got you into working in the pizza business? Well, um, at first, you know, it kind of felt like a last resort kind of situation but uh-huh. um i gotta tell you i see more action delivering pizzas than i ever did as a cop right. i don't know you, if you're familiar with this statistic but you're you're actually twice as likely to be shot as a pizza delivery driver as you are as a policeman is that true yeah that's that's actually true what is the biggest threat to pizza delivery drivers is it is it theft is it uh carjackings what, what are the what are the things that kind of you know it depends. It depends on your locale, you know. Yeah, if you're in, if you're in a big city, probably getting hit by a car, sure, a big one, or getting getting into a car crash if you are delivery driver. Yeah, um, getting held up also sometimes happens because people know you know people know you carry cash. People know you got cash on you. I've never held up a delivery driver, a pizza delivery driver, Larry. But I think if I did, I would want to do. I would want to do it to steal the pizza. Yeah, you're thinking too small, you know. This guy yeah. probably he's got a car on him. He's got uh, cash to make yeah. change or that he's collected from tips. You know, you can, uh, you could, you could probably murder a, a pizza delivery driver and just plain old get away with it because yeah, this is someone that people are expecting to be out and about. No one's going to think they're missing for a little while. As a former cop, do you see the gaping holes in police investigations to like? Oh, there's no safety for pizza delivery drivers. Like nobody worries about forensics or nobody worries about pizza delivery drivers in general. Um, I mean, the main thing about being a cop is like we don't really sorry, force a habit. They 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 don't really prevent crimes from happening. And yeah. I gotta tell you, nine times out of ten, they don't solve the crimes that do happen. So uh yeah, yeah there's tons of holes, you know. It's it's like 
if you if you want to become the next, you know, if you want to become the next grabber and focus pretty much exclusively on grabbing pizza mans, then I got to tell you, it, it's often dumb luck or mistakes that get uh, repeat offenders caught. More well, than you're, else. you're bringing up the grabber. And as you mentioned, you used to be a police officer here in the Colorado, uh, Denver, Colorado area. It, it yeah, the seemed, grabber situation is the reason I'm no longer a police officer, actually. Well, I was going to say, yeah, it seems like a big jump in terms of career. So so what? Uh, talk me through that, Larry. What, why no longer a police officer? Why a Godfather's Pizza delivery driver? Well, um, I was put uh, on the local side onto the grabber's case. It, it was a serial thing, so there were feds kind of like that came in and took over the case, and, and, mm-hmm. and it was their sort of responsibility but when they needed to put a local face on it and you know make let people know that uh denver cops that we, we were like doing our best um, that was me that came down to me and uh a lot of people were pretty unhappy with how that case progressed and ultimately mm-hmm. how we broke it and uh and found the grabber he was he was already dead at that point but we we did we did find him and uh a lot of people we're calling for heads and mine was yeah. just happened to be the closest one to that chopping block. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, I, what, what does a case like that take for a, a police department to work? Cause I would imagine trying to find a child abductor would be difficult, but there sort of seemed to be a lot of, um, a pretty, pretty, easy okay, see, and I'm going to stop you right there because a lot of people, have over the years have said plenty of stuff to me, you know, like, Oh, how many guys with black vans are roving the neighborhood yeah. in a demon mask and leaving balloons behind within a two mile radius of a school in yeah, the same yeah. neighborhood and abducting kids on a timely schedule. And then they go missing. And, you know, we, we know what the vehicle looks like and how could you not, it's, it's sure. It's real easy to be a detective from your couch, Adam. Okay. But when you're sure, out there oh, sure. actually doing this stuff, there's other stuff going on. There's other crimes that are sure. happening. Yeah, yeah. I, no one talks about all the cases I I busted that I solved during my time in the well, police Well, you know department. what, Larry? I think that's a great point because it is it is easy to Monday morning quarterback this whole thing. So what are some of the crimes that you did catch or that you Hind- did? Hindsight uh, is twenty twenty. Of course. Okay. Yeah. So like, let's talk about some of the things maybe that you did do right and that, uh, you know, it, it's easy to kind of pigeonhole you for just one thing. But what are some of the things that you did do? Like, what are some of the big cases that you did break? Okay, so I didn't catch the grabber, but there was this other serial offender in our town called the sticker. Mm-hmm. And what the sticker would do is the sticker would run around and they would use this branch, basically, to mm-hmm. carve their initials in the paint of people's cars. And people were like, what, what, who's doing it? Like, this is some vandal. Like, are they, are they, because they're, a sexual component to this. Like he's getting off on it. And and I was able to sort of reverse who this person was based mm-hmm. on the initial CJG, uh, Clark, Jacob, Gavin. And I, I was able to, to find him and uh, bring him in. And, you know, we're talking about hundreds of dollars in property damage and insurance claims. I mean, the, the amount of calls we would get on a weekly basis about people's property being vandalized mm-hmm. dropped and this is an actual statistic dropped by 31 percent after right? i brought in the sticker yeah 
uh, you know, we're talking and about when those Monday phone morning. lines are free. When those phone lines are free, then we can start to pick up and get the tips on things like the grabberage situation. Yeah, yeah. Or that the other serial killer who was also operating at that time and had a very similar MO, actually. So, you know, yeah. we had to do a lot of parsing and figuring out, oh, is this a grabber case or is this a snatcher case? And, right. and it, it, when, you, when you got like two two guys doing kind of the same thing, you know, your evidence gets muddied up. So I, I have a couple questions. If yeah, I know you haven't been a police officer for a while, but you know, with the sticker case, somebody who's essentially just keen cars, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty. There, so what he had was this branch, okay, and and it, I hate that the media called him the sticker because it made it sound like he was just using a stick, yeah, or you know, whatever. But this thing was like he he basically he had some kind of attachment to this thing. He always used the same branch, uh-huh. and it was kind of. Um, like worn down to a point at one end. And and when when we went to bring him in, he actually took a swing at my partner at the time. And uh as as a matter of fact, um Barnes was uh took took a hit with the the he kind of swung at it. Yeah, Barnes yeah. with the branch. And he took a hit on the shoulder and he had to drop out of our uh police league softball league for like the rest of the season. He couldn't he well, could that's throw. That's unfortunate. And yeah. how many, uh, what was the manpower like for the sticker? How many officers were working on that case? We put 12 guys on the sticker case, uh, pretty much. I was the so, sort of the lead on that. And then there were some unis under me who were knocking on doors, asking questions. Yeah. But, but at any given point in time, we had like 12 people actively looking for the sticker. So we were talking Monday morning quarterbacking this whole thing, and I'm not a I'm not a detective, I'm not a cop at all, but I feel like you know you get a case like the sticker, they're leaving their initials in the in the paint of these cars. You got C J G. Tell me how far I am off on this, Larry. I feel like you see those initials, you were like, "Hey, let's run a check on how many people have these initials in our town." Odds are you're probably going to get one, maybe two. You go to okay. their place and, you know, like, hey, did you do this? And if it is a teenager, you, you got a pretty good, it's a pretty good chance. That but it wasn't a teenager. For, for, to be clear, the mm-hmm. sticker, uh, Gavin, he, he, he was actually, he turned out to be a 73-year-old man. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, that, that is a little different. Yeah. And, and we did do that. You know, we did go, we started with the initials. We went through, but we're, we're talking about a time when, like, the best computer was, you know, just this dinky little thing with, you know, had a green blinking cursor yeah. on it. That, you yeah. know, you could, there was no internet. I couldn't search and filter and all this garbage that we're doing now. So I had, I had, what I had was a yellow pages mm-hmm. and I went through the yellow pages. I had to go through the whole book and that took uh, truly hours and hours to do. And I, I went through the whole book. And after I went through the whole book, I sort of realized that if I just stuck in the G section, I could have probably done it a lot faster because that was the last initial. Yeah. Um, but that again, hindsight, you know, the stuff you don't think about in the moment, in the heat of it, when you're trying to catch this guy before he stickers again. Uh, sure. It's easy to say this sitting where I am because I'm not in the heat of the battle. You know, I'm not right. in the, exactly. I'm not in the, I'm not in the game. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not playing. So it, it, it's easy for, for me the, to sit here and say that. For the record. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say we did everything right in the grabber case. I I stand by that. I stand by that. We we followed protocol. We did everything correctly. 
eventually we did find we found the bodies we found mm-hmm. we found the house we the what the one kid survived you know like we we did we did a bang up job Pe- people get mad because the grabber was loose for so long but the 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 real point of the matter is we caught him and would we have caught him earlier if we listened to the girl i mean arguably yes but in no other circumstance there's there's no precedent for using psychic powers or something on a on a criminal investigation you're talking that's, about finney blake's sister correct that's correct yeah um the the uh gwen gwen gwyneth blake i believe yeah. um came to us of course multiple times saying she'd been having dreams seeing signs uh trying to point us in the direction of xyz but this is like a little girl you know can you imagine if if the cops who who were investigating son of sam you know, took the advice of some kindergarten kid who claimed they could see where he was. That's ridiculous. No one would actually do that. I feel like I'm getting in trouble for, I feel like I was taking crazy pills when they, they actually showed up at this house and, and she was right all along, you know, like what, what, what am I doing? Well, I mean, I feel like if a kid was giving some pretty specific examples of the things we were looking for, I might, I might, entertain listening to them for a hot second i said we should arrest her you wanted to arrest the little girl she knew details that we did not release to the public nine times out of ten here's the thing you gotta understand about wackos like the grabber okay they want Mm -hmm. to some part of them they like the cat and mouse game sure sure this is something like at the time the serial murder theory that the way the way their mo's worked that was still pretty new yeah, yeah. But we knew that like they they often like they like to contact law enforcement. They like to return to the scenes of their crimes, you know. So when the only person who's doing that is a girl and and she knows details we don't know and she's related to one of the victims, it just starts point all the all the arrows were pointing in the direction of this kid. Yeah, I think it, you know, I don't think it's it's hard to understand the mentality of you know, a serial kidnapper or serial killer, because, you know, you have those textbook things. It's it, There's like almost like a checklist you could go through. I think the thing that perplexes me the most, Larry, is I can't understand the behavior of a police department that, you know, instead of like, hey, maybe we should listen to this little girl. She knows things that we haven't put out. Your instinct is to let's arrest her. So I think that's the thing that's more confusing to me than anything else. It seems like, hey, we might have something here that we can use that we can get this guy off the street. So why not, why not explore that? Uh, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about mm-hmm. all that. Okay. Yeah. Is yeah. that if I start taking the dream journals of some girl yeah. and they lead me to the scene of a crime and then we solve it. Then now moving forward, every time someone has a, a, a freaking, you know, a, a, a lucid thought about where someone might be, then now that's sure. a that's a lead I have to investigate. I think that's a fair point, Larry. Uh, Thank God. But to, to, to piggyback on that, I think. Do I think that you as a police officer should be following up every lead when somebody's like, I know where this person is, an ice cream cake told me, and you know, I'm drinking out of the fire hose. No, I don't think you should. But I think if somebody comes in and, and has specific details 
about the crime, about the, you know, the, the suspect and who is related to the person that might be something worth following up on. It almost seems like, and forgive me, I'm, I'm just looking at this from a, from a completely outside perspective. Like I said, Monday morning quarterback, it almost seems like it's an ego thing that would maybe block you from, from pursuing that, that lead. You have no idea how hard we worked to try to find the grabber. Okay. You're right. I, I do not. People did not understand the amount. We had three guys working the case full time. Okay? And how many people were on the sticker? You said 12? 12. There were 12 on the sticker. We had three guys. So, well, because so we already had 12 on the sticker. So we were kind of, it's it's a resources thing at that sure. point. Sure. 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 We sure. can't, we can't just, press more people into being cops that's we have as many as we got of course yeah yeah so we put and and this is basically every available person we got mm-hmm. we put on the grabber case um and yeah like it's annoying because then we we had all this information and yeah if we'd listened to her earlier you know we would have caught him and yada blah blah but at the end of the day is like if if any cop in any other town told me that they were going to, you know, listen to some like sad mom of a missing kid who came in and said she had a dream about where their son was. I'd be like, you should be fired, pal, because that don't make no sense at all. Like you, you we have procedures and, and I followed the procedures mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I should have been punished just because this one time that a magic kid shows up. We didn't think to, li- and then, yeah, it turned out that Finney also was apparently being guided by spirits and and had a bit of a, a psychic right. connection himself. So you know, so I this mean, isn't what, an what isolated am I incident. To do with that? No, and and yeah, we went back and we looked through some old cases and people who came forward with claims about having visions or whatever that did end up aligning pretty much one for one with how those cases resolve. Yeah. So there was about 20 years worth of cases that we could have probably put a pin in a little earlier. We did solve them all. We solved them all. So, but you guys got the sticker though. So that's, that is, that's a win. You know, no one talks about that. You know, my testimony put that guy away for two and a half years, two and a half years. Yeah. For vandalizing cars. Well, there was. It turns out there was a sexual component to it. Oh, so there, there was. was. Oh, there were some okay. Extra well, charges. that's fine. Yeah. Is that like a is that a go to for cops to assume that just any crime there's a sexual component to it? You'd be shocked at how many crimes have a sexual component. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure I would. Arson also, is the one that surprises people the most. Is that right? Yeah, almost all arsonists are doing it to get their jollies off. Wow. Huh. And they'll go back. So. They'll go back after the building has burned. They'll go back. They'll roll around in the stuff and they'll rub it oh, on really? themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Disgusting. That's usually how we catch them. We just kind of leave somebody out around the burned out building or whatever. And we wait for some freak to show up and start rolling around in the ash. Again, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm, I'm not a cop. But how do you know that's the person who did it? Maybe that's just some, you know. You a lot know, of times they say it's not them. And what do you do with that information? Let me throw it away. I mean, no one's going to say they did it. No, you know, that is true. I don't think a lot of people are just going to admit to crimes. No, 
No. And the sticker was adamant that it wasn't him. Yeah. But you were pretty sure, right? I mean, he had the initials. He had the stick in his house. You know, whole family was there. Totally shocked. Four teenage grandkids. Yeah. It almost, well, you you know, again, I don't want to Monday morning quarterback this thing, but it almost seems like you got the wrong guy. Here's the thing that uh, that I hate about true crime documentaries is that everyone feels like there's got to be an explanation, you know? Yeah. So-and-so couldn't have done it. Robert Durst was probably innocent. Like all these things. Yeah, yeah. And and the truth, the truth of the matter is, is at the end of the day, usually the person who is closest to where it happened is the one who did it. And I mean, and that's I think just, there's some, I, I think there's some validity in that. I think the, uh, a lot of these true crime documentaries, for the most part, it seems like the thing that is, you know, not a part of the investigation is just common sense. True. Very true. You know what I suggested we do on the grabber case and I got shut down by the mayor was Mm -hmm. I said we should arrest a different random person in town every week and hold them until the next grabbing. And then when the grabbing stopped, then we know we've got the, the guy. We've got the right guy. Oh, I see. Oh, I mean, uh, you know, they're sort there of like a lottery. Somewhere. Yeah. Well, then if you're doing that, why not just arrest the whole town? The, and and this is another thing that I suggested, but then nobody wanted to do. But then you, you might and me seem like we're on the same page. We most I don't think we are, Larry. Uh, and, you know, I. I, I let me let me ask you this. What makes more sense? I just want you to. Uh, so first of all, we've got a guy who's reliving his childhood traumas by enacting mm-hmm. them out on young boys that yep. he abducts. Sure. What's more likely? I'm going to throw continuously throw darts at a board with everybody's name in town on it. And mm-hmm. eventually I'm going to get my guy mm-hmm. or you're going to follow the advice of a first grader with nightmares and you're going to get the guy first. You cannot without I know hindsight's 2020, but you can't sit there and pretend like the the dream method is somehow statistically better than my plan. You know what, Larry? I think you're right. I don't think the statistics are on my side. Statistically, I don't think it's on my side. Right. Uh, But I will say, though, were I in that situation, I think even before a little girl came to tell me about this stuff, I might be like. Hey guys, uh, you know, we know he drives a black van. Why don't we just go to the DMV and run a, run a check on how many black vans we have in our town. And then whatever hit you get back on that, you know, you go knock on those doors. Hey, where were have you, you been last to the DMV? I have, I've gotten a license. It's a, but you guys are cops though. They're like, not any better to cops. Really? Okay. No, it's a pain. It would have taken forever. Well, I mean, that's what I would have done. But then I guess if you have a little girl lead, take that because then you don't have to go to the DMV. Every case has a little girl lead. This is Denver. Okay. Every case yeah, has there some are a lot little of little kids around here. A ton of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I can't spit without hitting a kid in the side of the head with it. Well, I mean, we could sit here and talk all day about what what should have been done, but the reality is, what was done is that was you lost correct. your. Well, you lost. And I'm your really job. glad that you're giving me an opportunity here, a, a platform to to tell my side of the story and and reach out. Because at the end of the day, I think the biggest victim in the grabber case was me. You think that's right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I I I became 
the the dude was the one you know grabbing kids and murdering them in his weird little prison basement mm-hmm. and yet I'm the one when people are, talk about the grabber now they're like oh yeah that officer Larry was like he didn't know what he was doing blah 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 it's like yeah. this guy was the murderer not me why am I why why am I being dragged down here I mean I guess because you get to live you know you get to come to work and you know you know what I mean? kind of life is this are you, you kidding know? me you work at a godfather's pizza I know I'm two steps from becoming a grabber myself don't Larry don't well, do we that. talked. We all we did was talk about how easy it would be to, you know, rob a pizza man, and now I can't stop thinking about it. Well, I mean, all right, you can rob pizza guys, but just don't grab kids. Well, I'm not gonna grab. I'm gonna grab. I'm gonna grab adults. All right, do that. Just grab pizzas, though. I think you should steal. I think pizza is an okay thing to steal. Some kind Ninja of turtles grab. do it all the time. That's true. You and know, people love them. They love it. They can't get enough of it. Well, Larry Campbell. Um, I, I certainly won't, won't speak to your career as a police officer, but you truly are one of America's heroes being a pizza delivery guy. So, you know, thank you for doing that. Thank you. And just know that every time I see a sign for a psychic now, I drive over it with my car. Jesus. Well, Larry, uh, I, how come they I don't see it coming? You know what? That's a, that's a good question. Maybe most of them aren't psychic. That's what I got to go back inside, but maybe you had the one. Well, there, well, Larry, Larry Carroll, thank you so much. Uh, if you're in the Denver area, come to Godfather's pizza, say hi to Larry. And for the love of Pete, please don't, don't, don't trust the police. If you're a little psychic girl, Larry Carroll, saying, and why did she keep coming to us? If she knew we weren't going to listen to her? Well, I think that's the problem. Maybe you guys should have listened to her and maybe you would have got the grabber earlier. Okay. I can tell you're looking for a fight. I'm not and looking I'm for a fight. I'm happy to oblige you. No, let's, no, no, no. I'm, I'm ready. No, Larry, I'm not looking I'm for a fight. I'm already wearing an apron. I, I know. You look great. That is a cool uniform. Oh, uh, he's going back in. Well, Larry Carroll, thank you so much. Uh, like I said, if you're in Denver, come to Godfather's Pizza. And uh, uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you for listening to My Neighbors Are Dead. I'm your host, Adam Peacock. The show is produced by myself, Nate DeFort, and Ryan Countshouse, with editing done by Nate DeFort. Our original music was composed by Jesse Case with additional music by Dane Halverson. Our artwork was done by James Mulholland. And as always, we want to give a very special thank you to our old pal, Mark Nashon. I want to thank my buddy, Alan Linick, for coming back and playing Larry Carroll. If you want to know more about what Alan's up to, check out his podcast, The Mystery County Monster Hunters Club. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show and you want to support us, go to www.patreon.com slash dead, where you can find new weekly bonus content only available to our Patreon patrons. If you have yet to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, please take a second to do so now. It helps us grow and it helps new neighbors find the show. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at My Neighbors Are Dead and on Twitter at My Dead Neighbors. Stop by, give us a follow and share your favorite episodes. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.